0: Welcome to the Supersize Ed podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm here to talk about Chookball. Now, if you don't know what Chookball is, or if you've never heard of it before, it is just an amazing game, and I look forward to you giving it a try, or at least a modified version of it, if you can, if you have the means. And if not, that's okay, because we're going to talk about some different ways we can work up to it and build to it. So, without further ado, here we go... All right. So Chookball is my favorite game to play in PE. And I play it with grades three through five because I teach elementary school. Now the higher grade levels I've seen play it. It is, it's an amazing game. You can play it all through college. I mean, it's, it's just a, a fantastic, all inclusive. That means everybody can play. You don't have to be a, an athlete, a star athlete. Anybody can play this game and it's it's a game that you have to work cooperatively with your team. There's no contact. There's no hard fouls or anything like that. Not that there should be an PE, but this is just a great game for cooperation, for uh, you know competitiveness, but not something crazy. It is a great game where everybody can work together, boys and girls. And again, like I said, star athletes or not athletes at all. It's okay. As long as you are... Given your best, you will be successful at Chuteball. So the way I started, I want to break it down into different phases. Now, this year, because I moved schools, we don't have Chuteball rebounders. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about anyway, to start with, okay, so Chuteball, I'm going to back up. was started in Switzerland, and it is a pretty big game in Europe. It's a, it's a decent game that uh, spread throughout Europe, and now many people play in the United States, including myself. I've played it with my class for about five or six years. And my favorite thing to do, honestly, and every, with everything I do, my absolute favorite thing that I do is a fifth grade sport ed chokeball unit right after Christmas break. So this year, because I changed schools, we do not have the rebounders, but I still want to do some lead up games to get the students ready for next year. So with the fifth graders, what I do again is a sport ed chookball unit usually right after Christmas time, and a sport ed unit that's a whole nother podcast, but that is when students get to be referees and fitness trainers and captains and uh, they take pictures and there's we have announcers and djs and and that's the for the final some of that's for the final game like the announcers and djs but some of them are for the everyday play like scorekeepers and timekeepers and and things like that so Um, That's again, a whole nother podcast, which I'll get into at some point. And I do have other podcasts on it. It's just way back. You got to look way back in the catalog for that. So I want to do some new ones. Okay. Chookball is an invasion game. So the best way for me, for my students is to start off really, really basic. And that is just getting an object across. Okay. One object, getting it across, let's say across a basketball court. Okay. And the way to do that is what well, the way I start with is they can't take any steps. They have to pass it. They're, they're in teams about four, four, five or six. I'd say at the most six and they just pass, pass, pass all the way across. And they do that a few times. Okay. If it falls to the ground, they have to, as a team, go all the way back and try it again. Everybody has to get the ball or whatever object you're using. I want, I usually start with something very, very simple and soft and easy to catch. So like a gator skin ball, something like that. Okay, after a couple minutes or a couple tries, they can earn more objects. So eventually that becomes two or three objects, just getting them across. Okay, see how fast they can get the objects across. And they can use different strategies. That's a whole nother thing. They can you know, have two people work on one object while two people work on another and two people work on the third object or they can do them all at the same time. So I don't I don't give them parameters. I just let them kind of do it. And I tell them eventually they can earn like a big object. And I have the big inflatable fish so they can earn a fish. So eventually they go back to just the fish and they work to get that across. But this time they have a defender. So one of those, let's say five people puts on a Jersey and becomes, or doesn't even have to put on a Jersey and becomes a defender. So they're trying to knock the ball or well, in this case, fish down. Now you don't have to have a fish. You could have a deck ring or, a uh, rubber chicken or something, and they're trying to defend. Okay, so you can kind of mix that up based on your, your students and based on the grade level is how you do that. Sometimes with third graders, I don't add defense right away. That takes a while. Okay, and from there, then we take on things like, uh, again, 3v1 three, three or 4v1, just all types of games like keep away. Um, just if they can make 10 consecutive passes, they get a point, and then they switch the person um, who's trying to stop them. And at this point, we do talk about defense. So there's, and I never knew this when I started off as a beginning teacher. There's a uh, cold, warm, hot, kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears defense. Cold is they just stand there and they really don't do anything. They just kind of get in the way a little bit. Warm is what I use the most, which is um, getting in the way, moving around. Um, they're allowed to. Knock it down, I guess, or intercept it. They can't really knock things away. They can intercept it if it comes right to them. And well, at least that's how I play. And they have to keep away a good arm's length away from the uh, their opponents. Hot defense is. Um, I'm not saying they can be all over them, but they can be pretty close to them and knock things away. And just really strong defense. I don't play that a lot. That's very rare. Well, in chute ball, we don't play that. We play more uh, warm defense. It's a kind of a cross between cold and warm because I don't really, I don't let them intercept it, and they really have to, they can get in the way, but they really have to get in position to catch it. Is what they have to do. So it's kind of a uh, a, <laughs> a lukewarm defense, I guess I use for chukball. But we'll get to that. From there, I go to team handball, or actually or ultimate. Now it depends on the equipment you have. It depends on the field. It depends on a lot of things. I believe ultimate would be the best because there's no goals. It's just a, like an end line or end zone where they get three steps. I tell them to get three steps. This is where I introduce the three, the rule of three, three steps, three seconds with the ball, and at least three passes. You can't just throw a pass, you know, down the field to your buddy and score. so you have to pass at least three times. And you can start with you know, bigger fields and no defense, but then slowly you add defenders and even five against five or four against four. Ideally something like three against three, but, you know, with a, with a large group like I have, sometimes I'm teaching two classes at the same time. And, you know, 3v3 sounds awesome, but it does it's not always practical. With the size of the field we have, we do have a big field, but it's just a matter of the organization and be able to see everything going on as a teacher and just moving around a bit. So the best will be three. I mean, the best always is one V one, but you can't play this game one V one. So team or ultimate would be more like a, I'd say at the most six against six, but you know, four V four, five V five is, is pretty good as well. So this is where they have to go down the field. And if they catch it in the end zone, they score a point. Then the other team gets it. If it drops to the ground, the other, you know, it's a turnover and right, right from there. Okay. So work on that then we add goals and becomes team handball. Okay. Now you don't have to do all these steps. This is, these are kind of, um, these are more lateral like steps. These aren't like steps, you know, all the way up the ladder necessarily. These might be sideways steps for the team handball versus ultimate. You could do one or both or neither, but I try to do at least one. So team handball, you add like hockey nets or soccer nets to this where they have to try to throw it and score it. And you can have a one goalie or none, if you'd like, I usually have one goalie in a certain area, no one else can come in. So all these things kind of lead up to chook ball. Now, that's gonna be kind of my end game as far as chook ball this year, I would think, because I don't have any rebounders, but we're gonna to add to that, make some different games up as well. So with chook if you have the rebounders, now if you don't know what I'm talking about, they're like rebounders you can make, you could make at different angles, sometimes just one angle, but um, it's kind of like a baseball rebounder or a soccer rebounder where you throw a ball off of it and or kick a ball and then it comes back to you or goes up in the air. So I don't have the rebounders. They can be quite expensive, but you can find some online as well that maybe aren't quite as expensive. We use a uh, for the most part a gator skin ball. I also do have team handballs or shoot balls. They're a little harder, a little um, they go a lot farther when you hit them off the rebounders. So it depends on your area. Um, If you're, if somebody could throw it off the rebounder and clear the field with it, it's probably not the best ball. It's probably way too hard. So you have to make that judgment as to what ball is best for you. You don't want too soft of a ball that doesn't go anywhere either. You, you, it does need to bounce off the rebounder. So when we have the rebounders, I will have grades three through five. I'll even have the younger kids experiment with it um, just to throw it off the rebounder and try to catch it. And then the next person goes maybe in, it depends on the rebounders you have maybe in a line about five or six students. If you have four rebounders, if you only have two rebounders, it gets a little tricky. Um, It's actually very tricky because you uh, have a lot of people sitting around, hopefully not, but if you make teams of six, you could have one group playing team handball or team or ultimate handball or ultimate football or whatever, ultimate Frisbee on one court and then choke ball on the other. And I think that's what I'm gonna do when I get started again, because I had uh, six rebounders at my old school and now I have none. So when once I get two or maybe four, but let, let's say I get two, I can work with one group and the other group can play a similar game on the next field or next court over. So let's say teams of five or six. With the rebounders to start, you just want them getting used to it. Just throw it off there and catch it. Then you could play a game like maybe like knockout, or something where you th- the first person throws it and the second person has to catch it, okay? And, and you can make different rules where you can't just slam it over their head. Um, it's gotta be something simple at first. You can even do a game called, well, the, my, at recess, some of my students at my old school love to play what's called jackpot, where they just throw a ball in the air and somebody's gotta catch it. Um, there's no contact and then call out points. We can do that with rebounders as well. You can throw a ball off the rebounder and have anybody catch it for points based on the angle, and again, you could just bring in the angles up. You could talk about angles, talk about force, talk about how if I'm standing on one spot, where should the ball go? Okay, if I throw it hard, where should the ball go? Or softer. So there's all different things with shoot ball and the rebounders that you can talk about. After that, you could play what I call, uh, I don't even know what I call it anymore, <laughs> uh, make it, take it, or uh, money ball, or the dot game, or whatever you want to call it, poly spot shot, where you can have either numbered or just regular poly spots scattered everywhere and teams of two come out in now you, you'll have different teams all over the court and rebounders set up in a a couple different patterns, however you want it. I usually have it where there is one on each uh, let's say there's a rectangular court or let's say half court. I think I do it in a half court, basketball court. So there's one on each uh, side of the, if you can picture like a square. There's one on each side of the, or even corner, if you'd like of the square. And so teams of two would come out to the middle and one would throw the ball off the rebounder. And one would try to catch it on a dot. And if they catch it on the dot, um, you can say one f- foot on the dot or two feet, however you want to do it. They could take the dot or poly spot with them. And that will add up points at the end. And once all the dots are gone or most of them are gone, then again, you could say purple are worth a certain amount or blue, or if you have numbered dots, that's even better. So that's another game you can play. And that leads up to actual chukball. Now, I've debated this for a few years now. And again, you can use your own judgment on this for third grade. Third grade has a really tough time with chukball when we start off. They, a lot of kids just stand around. They don't understand the game. It's very difficult for them, even fourth and fifth at first. So in the beginning, sometimes, not always, but sometimes I'll have third graders just use their own rebounder. And that's their rebound. what's almost like their goal. Okay. So if you don't know the rules of ball, basically you could throw it off of either rebounder. There's one on each end. So there's two on a court. Um, either team could throw it off of either rebounder up to three times in a row. So it gets very confusing for the students at first. They don't understand that rule. So going over that a lot, really, really helps. And like I said, third grade, sometimes I just make it where like, here's the blue team's goal. It's a rebounder. And here's the red teams rebounder. And that's, that's it. And then when they get to fourth and fifth grade or fourth and fifth graders do it the real way where three steps, three seconds with the ball, they can throw up to three times at a rebounder, either team. And then that it's kind of like that's closed off and they have to go the other way. And I don't want that to get confusing for you or for the students. So um, if you're not sure, look up the rules online, as far as the actual rules of ball. but that's how I start off things like that. Now we're outside. So one of the rules of ball is you have to throw it at least three times, three passes. And we did that earlier in the, well, in this podcast, I talked about it, um, three passes at least during, you know, ultimate or team handball or getting the objects across. I don't usually do that because we're outside and there's a lot of wind. So I want them to be successful. And I don't tell them they have to throw. I believe in ball; it's exactly three times. You can't throw more than three times. It has to be three times. And then they have to throw it off the rebounder, no matter what angle they're at or how far they are. I don't enforce that rule because we're outside. Um, I would leave that to you. If the younger the students, I don't think that would be a great idea, but you can. Um, it's just very difficult for them. Um, the older students, let's say middle to high school, I would say that's fine. So a lot of this is up to your judgment. But that is how I teach ball. That is how I go about um, just leading up to chookball ball. And like I said, now that I'm a new school, and some of you might be at the same in the same situation where you don't have chookball rebounders. You have to improvise or just lead up to it and then work your way towards getting it or towards purchasing the equipment with your school or through a grant, which I tried and I got denied my grant, but that's okay. I got two other grants this year. And um, that is how we uh go about chookball ball. So now it is time for your cowbell tip of the day. Okay, so your tip of the day is to check out, if you are curious about this, check out my YouTube links that I will put in the show notes where I show, well, I, I have a few videos on shootball and the tournaments that I do with fifth grade. I I'll link up as many as I can, as many as I could find. There's a lot of them. But one or two of them are really, really good. Actually, the main one I'll put up top is really good. It shows you the final game where we turn in we turn the cafeteria into like an arena and it is just amazing. It's a great experience for the students. They, they run the whole show. Basically they do the advertising and uh, it's ticket sales, but it's really just fake tickets. And they, again, they're referees and DJs and announcers and all sorts of there's podcasters and tweeters and <laughs> all sorts of things going on there. So check that out if you're interested and reach out to me, at supersizephysed.com or my email. Yeah, I will put the link in the episode notes as well. So that is your cowbell tip of the day. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. I really do appreciate it. As always, go to supersizephysed.com for more information and please leave us a five, hopefully star review. It'll take just a moment of your time. If this episode or any episodes brought you value, please do that for me, for us, because this is how we get the profession moving in the right direction with hopefully good teaching and solid research. I just want to thank you all for tuning in and engaging in these podcasts. I appreciate you, PE Nation. Have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Whenever you listen to this, you are awesome. And let's keep pushing our profession forward.